You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Every week, myself and my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, bring you the information that you need that doctors are talking about in doctors' lounges all across the country so that you can advocate for your health care rights and freedoms and for those of your family. We try to instruct you to educate you to give you the information that you're not getting elsewhere so that you'll be able to be informed and make decisions that are necessary so that you can preserve your health care freedom, your rights as a patient. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led health care think tank in the country, sponsors the Doctor's Lounge here on America's Web Radio, and um, uh, we can't do it without your help, so please go to our website at www.pcfoundation.org. That's d4pcfoundation.org, and please contribute generously so that we can come back here in 2021 with... more information, more good work to help to fight for the doctor-patient relationship and for your healthcare freedom. We cannot do this without you. I cannot tell you how important this is. I can't tell you how important what is happening right here in Atlanta, well, in the state of Georgia and in uh, Atlanta where I live um, with regard to the future of our country. Before I go into this, I wanted to um, uh, uh, acknowledge uh, our great staff here at America's Web Radio, David and Brett, who helped uh, put this show and all the other good shows that you listen to on America's Web Radio. This is our last show of 2020. Um, often we uh, are off during this holiday week, but I felt that it was absolutely essential and urgent for me to do a live show so that I can um, once again sound the alarm, be the Paul Revere for what is coming unless people are smart enough and wise enough and are energized enough to prevent an apocalypse from happening. And it is going to happen if we get a Democrat-controlled government, which is what's on the line right now in Georgia with our Senate runoffs. For those of you who are sleeping under rocks and are not paying attention, if the two Democrat contenders, the Reverend Raphael Warnock and the um, do-nothing wannabe John Ossoff, gain Senate seats, then the Democrats control the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the presidency. And it will be Katie bar the door because everything that we have um, accomplished during the Trump administration and everything that we hold dear as a society, as a representative republic, will come crashing down because this is the goal of the left. The left hates America and what we stand for. 
and the Democrat Party is no longer the Democrat Party of John F. Kennedy, of Franklin Roosevelt, of even Jimmy Carter. It's the Democrat Party of radicals. It's uh, Barack Obama. It is... Um, it is the the radical senators, Senator Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or the representatives Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as Sandy Cortez when she was in high school in, um, in suburban uh, New York. But um, but uh, that but she's a fraud, just like all of these other leftists who are trying to portray themselves as something that uh, they are not, only to appeal to the emotions and the um, the the uh, appeal that the left has to um, disenfranchised uh, people and to young people. So. Today I wanted to, um, one more time before the election of January 6th, which is the future of our country is going to hinge on, um, I wanted to lay out why we cannot give control of health care to the federal government. What will happen if the government makes all the decisions for health care for people? And we don't have to imagine what can happen because we're living this right now. We're seeing what these mask mandates are based on no science, based on feelings. We are living it with regard to lockdowns. Democrat governors deciding that a tattoo parlor or a strip joint can stay open, but a restaurant can't. Um, a, a a gathering of tens of thousands of people marching for Black Lives Matter, or riots that are that are being um, that are that are happening in cities that are um, that are perpetrated by Antifa, are unpunished. But yet, if more than 10 people attend a church service or synagogue service, they're going to get thrown in jail. We're seeing it now with the immunizations. I'm going to tell you what happens when government runs these things. There's totalitarianism and there is inequity. I'll share with you the latest bit of information about immunizations that I was going to talk about later and probably will again, but the university, uh, at Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, they have a policy right now for their immunizations that are um, mandating that every white student in the university gets vaccinated, but if you are a black person, a person of color, or an indigenous person, you don't have to take the vaccination if you don't want to. And they say that that is because those groups have a history of um, distrust that they 
that the university claims rightfully so because of things that have been done to these groups that are um, that can be construed as um, prejudice or racist or um, or worse. So they're given a choice. So the university has made a decision now about who must be vaccinated and who should who who has a choice. And these these are things that are are just beyond the pale. Um, and we're nobody's pushing back. And this is this is going to clearly get worse. And anybody who just thinks that this is a, a flesh in the pan, something that's a passing um, fancy, something that is not going to have greater implications, is lying to themselves. They're fooling themselves because this is just the beginning. You know, doctors who are mouthpieces for the government are nothing more than medical bureaucrats. And they're going to be the ones in a government-run healthcare system that decide what information is meritorious and which information needs to be suppressed. And this is irrespective of evidence-based studies. This is based entirely on thought, on feelings, on policy, on what is required to control the public. The policy will drive the narrative, not the medical information, but the medical mouthpieces will be used as useful idiots to legitimize it. Masks required to spread, to, to prevent the spread of COVID. No travel to contain COVID. No eating in restaurants to prevent the spread of COVID. These are all policies that are being legitimized by these talking medical heads. But other information about COVID is suppressed. Hydroxychloroquine, dangerous, dangerous to say that word. And anyone who suggests that there might be some efficacy for using it to try to control the disease needs to be canceled. They need to not only, they're dangerous people. They don't only need to be canceled. They need to be censured. They need to have their medical licenses taken away if they're doctors who are prescribing this. Or worse, they need to be thrown in jail because maybe they also supported Trump and there are people who want to come up with a retribution list for people who were not supportive of the woke society. Herd immunity. Foolish talk. Dangerous talk, isn't it? Anybody who brings up herd immunity, a doctor who says that we need to achieve herd immunity, whoa, whoa, whoa would be the fate of the doctor who says something like that in public because they'll be ridiculed by the media or they will be, again, canceled and delegitimized. Meanwhile, medical mouthpieces like Anthony Fauci flip-flop on these very issues themselves and change 
their public positions as the politics change, as public sentiment changes, or to support their personal opinions and biases. Remember when Fauci said on 60 Minutes in March that we should not be wearing masks? You probably don't remember that because the media certainly won't re-litigate that. They won't reintroduce that information to the public. But he did say that. You can look it up. It is public knowledge. Videotape does not lie. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing now, that if people wanted to wear masks like they do in China or in Japan, he had no problem with that. But he said, quote, right now in the U.S., people should not be wearing masks. Well, he did a 180 on that position, hasn't he, later on. And he did that 180 without any new data on masks. There was nothing that came out that supported a change of opinion. No new studies, no new information. He just did a 180 flip-flop. So how can he get away with that? Well, if you ask him now, it's because he qualified his statement back then on 60 Minutes by saying, right now, we don't need to be wearing masks in the U.S. Well, this is not right now. This is later on. And he claims that these statements were made back in March to prevent a panic, to prevent a run on PPE because it was necessary for healthcare workers. Now, there may be some truth or some logic to that, but do we really want our healthcare leaders, our doctors, to give false information so that they can support a policy? Is that what doctors are supposed to be doing? Disseminating false information to shape public opinion? I think not. But now here we go again with regard to herd immunity. Do you remember the doctors who were talking about herd immunity? We heard many of them on outlets like Fox News or on Breitbart or other um, outlets that were not drinking the Kool-Aid from the left. And doctors who talked about herd immunity were brutalized by Fauci and the other medical mouthpieces of the left, saying that that is dangerous and it is it is um, it is irresponsible for doctors to be talking about herd immunity. But that was before we had vaccinations. Now we have immunizations for COVID. So now, what is Tony Fauci doing? He is talking about herd immunity. How is it that it was not okay to talk about herd immunity before, but now it is? He's saying that herd immunity does exist. And 
that's because he supports the vaccination, which incidentally, so do I, and which I was fortunate enough to get as someone who goes into the hospital every day and takes care of patients. So thankfully, I was eligible to get a vaccination, which I took on Monday of this week. But Fauci wants to see as many people take the vaccination as possible, and I think that that's responsible. But what's irresponsible is trying to denigrate people who talk about real science, real medicine, real issues, because it doesn't fit the narrative at the time. But then to be allowed to go ahead and support these issues, support these positions, after having ruined the lives and careers of those who talked about it previously. This is not what we want in the medical leaders in this country. This is not what we expect from people who are responsible for public health. We expect our leaders to give us reasonable information, to give us facts, not to give us their opinions, not to try to shape behavior or activity or distort the truth. We need these medical leaders to give us real information. Now, they can tell us what their opinions are, but when their opinions get in the way of presenting facts, factual information based on science, then that's a big problem. Joe Biden famously says, follow the science, trust the doctors. Well, this would be true if your doctor worked for you. But what happens, I ask, if the doctor works for the government? And what happens if the government controls health care? That's the question that everybody should be thinking about, because that is where we are headed if the Democrats take control of the Senate. You'll get people like Ezekiel Emanuel. Ezekiel Emanuel, for those of you who have never heard of him or who have forgotten who he is, is a physician. He's the brother of Rahm Emanuel, former Clinton chief of staff and former mayor of Chicago. And Ezekiel Emanuel is a doctor that is so far left that his left hand is right. And he should frighten people. He was one of the architects of Obamacare. He advocated for the rationing boards of Obamacare, the IPAB 
or the Independent Payment Advisory Board. God, how I hope to God that I would not have to even say this stuff again, how this was behind us. But here it is, right in our face again. The IPAB was patterned after NICE. Isn't that a wonderful term, NICE? NICE stands for the National Center for Care and Excellence, part of the British national health care system. In Britain, NICE, this agency, determines whether a person can receive certain treatments like chemotherapy for cancer or joint replacement surgery or hundreds of other services that we, as Americans, take for granted. The decisions in Britain are made in large part on what's called QALYs, Quality Adjusted Life Years. And I'm not making this up. You can, you can research it. You can look it up. This is absolutely fact. So the NICE agency, using QALYs, determines a formula to decide, based on actuarial life expectancy, if a procedure or treatment is cost-efficient, if it's worth the money being spent by the system to allow for people to get a certain treatment. So this is why Brits who can afford it purchase private health insurance so that they can leave the National Health Service if they need certain treatments or if they desire care in a timely fashion. You know, if the system decides that they've got so much money to appropriate for certain care, that is going to get rationed out over a period of time, over the year, and they're only going to allow a certain number of those surgeries or cancer treatments or other kinds of treatments to be done, and they're going to go down the waiting list. And the waiting list for many procedures in Great Britain exceeds 5 million people. 5 million people. The time to get treated in Britain to see a physician for a medical problem can be weeks to months. And to see a specialist can be months to years. One of the, has just an aside, an anecdote, just to make people understand the, how a system like that works. I'm a pediatric urologist, and in the United States, we now have many training programs in my specialty. But back in the, as late as the mid-70s, um, or actually uh, late 70s to early 80s, there were, um, there were so few training programs in the United States in pediatric urology that people went to Great Britain to train. They had some excellent 
pediatric urologists and pediatric surgeons who were really the the groundbreakers in that specialty and people from the U.S. would um, regularly go over to to England to uh, do a fellowship in pediatric urology. And one of the um, one of the uh, famous um, uh, pediatric urologists in in Great Britain, Herbie Johnson, um, in Liverpool, trained a number of my friends, and um, would uh, come in at the beginning of a week and and uh, say to uh, one of them, "So, what would you like to be uh, doing this week?" and he, he, my friend Rick would would say, "Well, I'd like to do these cases, this kind of surgery." So Herbie would give him a stack of cards for people who were on the list for that operation, and he would say to to my friend Rick, "Give these people a call and go down the list and line up a bunch of these people." And that's how that works. These people needed this operation but couldn't get it until they were called off the list to receive it. That's how the British system works. So this system, this rationing of health care, of rationing of health care resources is not something that we really need to imagine, is it? Because we have it here in the United States. It's called the VA hospital. The government controls the VA hospital. The government controls the lives of the veterans who are dependent on their health care that they receive at the VA hospital. And it wasn't until President Trump finally began to clean up the mess at the VA hospital that some of these veterans who were waiting months and months or sometimes years for treatment at some of the worst of the offenders, like the Phoenix VA hospital or the Philadelphia VA hospital, they the, the problem was... was um, rectified and veterans were given better access to care. They were given the ability to go outside the system to get the care that they needed. Well, if the Senate is controlled by the Democrats and they've got all levers of power, you can forget about any reforms in the VA and anything that we've achieved up until now will disappear. And if you think that that's not the harbinger of things to come, not a glimpse of what the public can expect when the federal government controls everybody's health care, you are sorely mistaken. Make no mistake about this. As Rush says, do not doubt me on this. This is the direction that we are headed in if the firewall against socialism falls and crumbles here in Georgia, because this is what people can expect. To wrap up this segment, let me just say in Canada, people are not as lucky as they are in Great Britain, because up until recently, 
their socialized health care system would not allow private insurance. People were trapped in their single-payer, government-controlled health care system, with some provinces a bit less restrictive than others. But fortunately for Canadians, the U.S. is close by, and for 70% of Canadians that live within 100 miles of the U.S. border, the United States was the safety valve that they needed to get the kind of health care that they sought and required that was not being provided by the Canadian health care system. Look no further than Danny Williams, the uh, former premier of Newfoundland, who left Canada to get his heart procedure at Mount Sinai Hospital in Miami. And when when he was grilled about this by the Canadian press, he basically gave them the finger and said, hey, listen, I'll do whatever I want to do because it's my health care. But damn everybody else, essentially, in Canada who has to live with the garbage that the government is making them eat. Let's break right here. And we'll be back with more of this special end-of-the-year 2020 show about the dangers of the federal government controlling our health care system. So stay with us. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Every week, we come to you with the information that you need so that you will be prepared to advocate for your family and for yourselves when it comes to your health care. God forbid we get Ossoff and Warnock in the Senate, and the left gets what they want, which is a majority in Congress and the White House. First of all, health care will be more expensive. There initially will be a public option. The government will run it. They will be initially very inexpensive, and it will drive commercial payers out of the health care market. Then the choices will disappear. The only insurer out there will be the federal government, and that's when we get a single payer. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. I'm your host, Dr. Hal, 
every week we come to you with the information that you need so that you will be prepared to advocate for your family and for yourselves when it comes to your health care. God forbid we get Ossoff and Warnock in the Senate, and the left gets what they want, which is a majority in Congress and the White House. First of all, health care will be more expensive. There initially will be a public option. The government will run it. They will be initially very inexpensive, and it will drive commercial payers out of the health care market. Then the choices will disappear. The only insurer out there will be the federal government, and that's when we get a single payer. We're back into the doctor's lounge. This is our last show of 2020. And um, nothing that I can remember has been more important and no time that I have lived in has been more unsettling to me than right now because everything that people of principle believe in is on the line right now with regard to the direction that our government will take if the Democrats win the Senate special election next week. If the Democrats gain complete control of the government, then all the radical elements of the Democrat Party wish to see complete control of health care. There's no mistake about it. They're on record. Videotape does not lie. Saul Alinsky, you've heard that name being thrown around by people, and I'm not sure that anybody really knows who he is or what he wrote. Um, Over my Christmas break last week, I actually read his book, and um, he is a revolutionary who wrote a book that was mostly focused on the the um, uh, South American regimes and about you know what what was necessary to create the kind of environment necessary to establish Marxism, but it really became a framework for um, leftists everywhere around the country. It was their blueprint about how to achieve their goals. It was written in 1971. And it was called a, a primer for creating a socialist state. That was a subtitle for Rules for Radicals. So on the top of that list, which states there are eight levels of control that must be obtained before um, a society can create a socialist state, the top of the list, the number one issue on of the eight levels of control is something that we have been talking about on this show for six years. It is health care, and it's the only one that is in bold face. Health care, it says, if you control health care, you control the people. And just to complete that list so you know what is on that list, the other levels of control are poverty, increase it as much as possible, debt, make it unsustainable to to further impoverish society, 
gun control take away the ability of people to protect themselves so that you can create a police state? Welfare, make the people dependent on government for food, housing, and income. Education, take control of what children learn in school. Can you spell common core? Religion, remove God from government and schools. And then finally, class warfare, divide the people into wealthy and poor. Well, the the left has gone beyond that. They've divided people into wealthy and poor, black and white, um, urban and suburban, coastal and the flyover country. The Their goal is to create division and they're succeeding in doing that and don't forget don't forget for a minute that this was written in 1971 this is before social media this is before he even anticipated the effect of hollywood or the effect of mainstream television media on perpetuating or creating this Leftist, this socialist um, uh, dream, because all three of those, Hollywood, media, social media, are integral parts of this plan to get to a socialist state. But at the very top, I remind you once again make no mistake, it's health care. And this is the line in the sand. Alinsky died in 1972, so this this, um, outline has really um, been with us for a half a century. It has not changed. Um, This is what is essential. All of these... um, these, uh, this this framework or this this checklist is essential in transforming society into socialism. Just look at Hong Kong. Look at what is happening there from a democrat society to a socialist society right before our very eyes. But getting back to healthcare and the US and back to people like Ezekiel Emanuel, who subscribes to this political ideology completely. So He is on record as saying that people over 75 years of age are a drag on society, and the system should not spend money on them and their needs compared to those of a 25-year-old undocumented immigrant or illegal alien, for those of you who are older and remember the real term for that. They... Those people have many years of, quote, productivity that they can contribute to society, but a 75-year-old is pretty much washed up. So don't waste money or resources on those older people who have built society, but instead divert them to those who have really contributed nothing and who just want to take from society. How can this even be possible here, I ask? It's possible. In Obamacare, going back to that, we would have been well on our way in that direction. The IPAB, which I mentioned before, the Independent Payment Advisory Board, would be the vehicle to make this happen. 
to refresh people's memories about this, and once again, I cannot believe that we even have to relitigate this issue. I thought this was completely done and over, but it, uh, obviously it's not because we have Joe Biden, who is one of the biggest proponents for Obamacare. But IPAB would consist of 15 unelected bureaucrats who would rule over everyone with regard to the health care decisions. They would determine what procedures get done, what treatments would be paid for, and this is all under the auspices of the federal government. It is um, going to it's going to basically affect everybody's lives because it's going to make decisions about whether or not cancer drugs can be used for um, certain groups of people. The government will make this decision. Um, they will make decisions about whether or not they can do certain operations, you know, certain heart operations, very expensive. Joint replacement surgery, very expensive. You know, if you're 80 years old, you know, here's a cane because we're not going to pay for your knee replacement surgery. So, like, for example, IPAB will decide that for a specific new drug that comes out, they will allocate $5 billion for that drug. So people will have to line up just like they do in Great Britain to see whether or not they're going to be able to receive that drug, whether they're going to clear the list. And that's assuming that there even are new drugs, because if nobody's paying for them, if there is no um, incentive for drug companies to develop drugs, there's there we're going to see a. Um, this is going to be the the. Um, the end of, no, I don't want to say the end of, of medical innovation, but it is going to be the dark ages as far as medical innovation is concerned. And we'll get back to that in a bit. But when Sarah Palin famously said, beware of the death panels, this is what she was talking about. And this is real. This is not hyperbole. The left wants you to believe that this is just, you know, um, right-wing conspiracies, lunacy. This is conspiracy theories. It's not. It's not conspiracy theories. This is reality, and we're seeing this. We are watching this unfold before our eyes. We're watching this, aren't we, right now, this very day, with COVID vaccinations, aren't we? Why, why does Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez get a COVID vaccination before an 80-year-old person in a nursing home? It's because she's deemed as an essential person because she's running the government. Are you kidding me? She's an essential person? That's, that's what happens when things are controlled by the government, when, when treatments are rationed. It's just, this is a, a snapshot. It's a glimpse 
into the future of a federal government controlled healthcare system. Is that what you want? You know, every night I have to listen to these commercials that are on TV about the election, which Georgians, quite honestly, are fed up with because most people have made up their mind whether or not they're going to vote for leftism or they're going to vote for America. But the lies that we see every single day on these commercials just take my breath away, how the left wants people to believe that the conservatives, that the Republicans are the ones who want to take away their people's health care, how they want to, and I use a, the John Ossoff ad against against David Perdue, how he wishes to eliminate people's health care in the middle of a pandemic. This is part of the Saul Olinsky Rules for Radicals playbook. You ascribe negative um, uh, aspects to your opponent, things that you want to do, but you reverse it and you you um, state that it's your opponent, which Olinsky calls in his book the enemy. Your enemy wants to uh, um, you you give your you say that your enemy is the one who wants to do what you the leftist wants to do, and say it often enough over and over again um, until um, it's said so often that people um, forget where they first heard it and they've heard it so often that they consider it a truism. It's oh yeah, it's absolutely true. This is what what uh, conservatives or or Republicans want to do when it's really the leftists who are the ones who want to control health care, who want to take away your health care, who want to limit your health care, who want to be the ones to get health care at your expense. You can be on the waiting list. You can wait on the line. They don't have to. They are essential. They are the elite. They get what they want, they're above and outside the system. Again, we see that every day, don't we? We see that in California with lockdowns and the governor, Gavin Newsom, who can go have a a $600 dinner at the most expensive three-star Michelin restaurant in the country. But um, but Angelinos can't go out to um, a restaurant and, and dine in and, and now dine even outside uh, because of the threat of COVID. The rules don't apply to the elites. They only apply to the masses. That's the Olinsky playbook. Um, with health care, the far left doesn't want to give people the safety valve that they have in Britain. They won't... Um, uh, they won't allow people to buy private insurance. They want all health care to fall under their control. Now, right now, Biden is saying that he wants to see Obamacare um, resurrected and give people 
the ability to get health care who are in states that have not expanded uh, Medicaid by creating a public option. The public option is basically a government-run health care insurance plan, which eventually will get to the same place that the more radical aspects of the Democratic Party want people like John Ossoff, people like Raphael Warnock, which want to see a single-payer, government-controlled health care system right off the bat. So while Biden wants to kind of gradually inch us in that direction, the more radical left wants to see a revolution so that health care is completely transformed and, um, and we have the government controlling all aspects of health care. And a black market will emerge for health care, but it will be a felony for doctors to administer care outside of this system. The police state will intervene and stop this. And by the way, you won't have your guns because they've already will have taken it. The police state will have won. The IPAB will be stocked with mouthpieces for the system. People like Tony Fauci, like like Ezekiel Emanuel, or like other tools that we watch on TV every night who are supporting the um, leftist party line. People like Scott Gottlieb, the former um, uh, uh, head of the FDA, to legitimize um, the positions because they're doctors. And so uh, they will be the ones who will give the information that's tolerated out there to the public to consume. Dissenters will not be tolerated. They will be canceled. They will be destroyed. Um, so this is a taste of health care in the U.S. If the Democrats take the Senate, this is coming. Please don't doubt this. This is what is going to happen if the Democrats win the Senate. This is why we need to prevent that. We need to believe what they are telling us they will do because they will do it. Don't think that they won't. This is their goal and they will achieve it because this is number one on the Saul Olinsky list. This is why the Georgia Senate race is critical. This is why the left will do everything in their power to lie, to cheat, and to steal. They lie to the American public, telling us that the Georgia Senators, Loeffler and Purdue, want to take away your health care when it's they who want to. And um, they cheat in elections to achieve their purpose. Nothing is out of bounds with them. They will steal the election and everything else that they can to achieve their goals. So this this little Georgia election is a referendum on the future of America. When you hear that, it is not hyperbole. It is absolutely real. It is all that stands in the way of keeping America from spiraling out of control to the left. It's truly the firewall for democracy versus totalitarianism, for free enterprise versus socialism, for the American dream versus Marxism. 
the left is telling us that health care is a right. Who provides that right is really the the uh, question that has been unanswered. Because if you promise a right to somebody, then then they're entitled to it. If you say that people have a right to free speech, which the left wants to take away from conservatives, if you say that you have a right to free speech, nobody has to give it to you. You just you are you're taking it you're allowed to have that if you have a right to worship which again the left is trying to take away you can can worship any any god that you that that you believe in but if there are other rights that require actual physical properties, the right to bear arms, that can be taken away from you by a totalitarian government. If they say that health care is a right, then the government is saying that somebody has to give you health care. They are going to be able to compel a doctor to treat somebody. That's beyond the pale. That is not what a free country is all about. But yet, that's what will happen if the rhetoric about health care being a right is enforced. The government may say to doctors, you know, if you want to practice medicine, you're going to have to give this amount of care to a certain number of people free of charge. And if you don't, then you will lose your license to practice. You don't think that can happen? Look what's happening right now with restaurants and their um, ability to have their liquor license. If they um, want to keep their liquor license, they have to keep their restaurant closed like their governors or mayors are telling them. And if they don't, the government will come in and take their liquor license. So the government is telling people who own restaurants that their livelihood is basically being given to them by the government. Remember when, um, I think it was Elizabeth Warren, or I can't remember now, who said, you didn't build those roads, you know, you, um, somebody else, I know Obama said this, that you didn't, uh, that, that you didn't build your business because the, the road that leads to your business was built by government and the um, the taxes that uh, that are paid allow for um, the sidewalks to be paved in front of your business. So you didn't build the business. The business was was allowed to be built because of the the um, the largesse of the government. And that's what they're going to do with healthcare. That's what they're going to do to doctors who refuse to participate in the mandate that the federal government is going to impose when they say to everybody that health care is a right. Yes, you can go into a doctor, any doctor, and get any care that you want, any time that you want, and they can't refuse to treat you. Well, I, I got news for you. When that happens, 
there's going to be an entire generation of doctors who are going to say bye-bye. I know I'm going to be one of those. I'm not going to tell have the government tell me what I have to do in order to be able to continue to practice. I'm already doing that to some extent. I've got to jump through hoops so that I can adhere to HIPAA um, uh, laws or I can adhere to other um, truly um, oppressive bureaucratic nonsense that the government tells me that I have to do in order to keep my practice going. Well, when they finally tell me that I have to give away a certain amount of care because it's a right for people to get that care and I have no say in it, it's all over. And it's going to be for thousands and thousands and thousands of doctors around this country. And what is that going to mean? It's going to mean that your health care is going to be worse than you can ever imagine. Because who's going to do your surgery? Not a nurse practitioner, not a physician's assistant. So I just would like to leave you with final thoughts about the direction that we're heading. And healthcare is the linchpin. And it will spiral out of control if federal government runs health care and you have no say anymore and you are completely dependent on what the government is saying you can and cannot get um, to take care of you and your family. And that will happen. The left gains control of all levers of government. This is why the Georgia firewall must hold and we must hold that line until Adults can get back into the room and fix the problems that the left wants to create that will change America fundamentally forever. We cannot let that happen. This has been a very challenging 2020, folks, and um, many of our shows have been devoted to COVID and to the problems that we faced this year, which nobody could have foreseen. And I want to thank the people who have listened to this show um, in 2020. I've run into so many people who've come up to me and told me that they listened to this show. And quite honestly, it blows me away because I am given the privilege of being able to um, to vent, to share my opinions, to bring you information and share um, information that we um, uh, have from knowledgeable guests that we bring into this show. And it's been my honor and privilege to be able to do this over the last six years. And I hope that 2021 will be a better year for everybody. And I want to thank um, David and Brett who helped um, keep this station running and allow people like me to bring the important information to people like you so that you can make a difference out there and hopefully um, keep America, America. So have a very happy and healthy 
2021. Uh, safe New Year, and I will be back with you um, in the beginning of 2021. We'll have a better idea where we stand at that point. Be well. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.